Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Beginning with verse 35, Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? The uh, King James says, Master, carest thou not? that we perish. Don't you care that we are about to drown? When he woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, quiet down, peace be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm and he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, who is this man that even the wind and waves obey. And if you read beginning with the next chapter, you would notice that they leave the storm and arrive at a cemetery and face a demonic. And then when you turn to Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, in verse 45, there's another storm. And it goes like this. Immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples constrained his disciples, compelled, physically took them by the arm and forced them into the boat and to head out across the lake to Bethsaida. Well, he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. During the night, the disciples were in their boat out in the midst or the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble rowing hard and struggling against the winds and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, he came to them walking on the water. He started to go past them. When they saw him walking on the water, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were astonished at what they saw. Immediately after that, you'll read that they arrived at Gennesaret or at Gadara, another place than where they were supposed to be. And the people knew him and came to him and he healed them. Storms, watch this.
Well, it may not be the perfect storm. It may not be as violent, as dangerous, as destructive. But storms come to us all, and we all face them. Constant, unrelenting, unabated storms. Hurricane force winds that never stop. I asked my son, because he once lived in Greenville, North Carolina, the difference between the tornadoes that we face and the hurricanes they face. He said, Dad, it's, it's real obvious. Tornadoes, 45 seconds, two minutes, it's over. But not a hurricane. Constant winds. Unabated winds. Winds that never cease, only to go into the eye of the hurricane for a moment of calmness, and then here comes the winds again on the backside. Tumultuous, monstrous waves that crash into the boat, that seek to capsize it. And if it doesn't capsize it, it swamps it. Torrential rains, darkness, mist, fog that fill our lives in our ships with fear. Max Lucado said it like this, storms whose waves suck our joy out to sea, whose winds rip our hope out by the roots, whose rising tides of fear seep under the door of our faith and flood our hearts with fear. Storms that wash away our youth, wash away our innocency, wash away our friends and our relationships and our family and our loved ones and they leave us soaked and shivering storms. The scripture verifies that. It's filled with those that endured storms. In one day, Job finds the hedge of his protection gone. And he's beset by that storm that takes away his finance, takes away his flock, takes away his family, takes away his own fortitude, takes away his friends. Storms. David understood them chased by Saul with the rebellion of his own son, his own sin with Bathsheba, the sword that would never leave his house. Is it any wonder that he cried out and said, Oh, for the wings of the dove that I might fly away and be at rest, that I might be delivered from this tempestuous wind, this tumultuous storm. The only problem was David didn't have any wings. And neither do we. Peter. Jesus looks at him and says, Son, the storm's coming. Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as he would the wheat. We don't understand that. God never judged by sifting. He takes you to the winnowing floor, the threshing floor, and takes the winnowing fork or the pitchfork, and he takes up the, the grain and the chaff and throws it into the air, and the grain falls to the floor, and the chaff, the residue's blown away. But not the devil. He sieves you. He knocks a hole in your faith. He knocks a hole in the garment of your experience. He brings a storm into your life. And out of that hole, the grains of your faith and your experience dribble away and you're left with the chaff and the residue of your doubt and your denial and your fear. Storms. And so the scripture says in Matthew 8 and in Matthew 14 and, and Luke 8 and John 6 and twice here in Mark, 
that the disciples went through storms. But when you read those storms in Mark 4 and Mark 6, you discover that they're similarities, but they're great differences. And the difference is simply this. The first storm was unexpected. The second storm was expected. In fact, when you turn to Mark chapter 4 and you read this, you begin to see that Jesus had healed the people and he taught them. And at the end of that session, as it neared dark, he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. They had a destiny and a destination that he wanted them to arrive at. Now remember that when they get on board this boat, it is not a luxury liner. It is not a paddle boat. It is a fishing boat. And if you were in Israel, you could go to a museum and see one that they discovered in the muds of the Sea of Galilee and have preserved. And it's only large enough to seat between 8 and 14 people. It's not propelled by a motor. It has one mast with a sail. And the only other way that you can propel that boat from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other is by rowing. For you remember that the Sea of Galilee literally is a lake fed by the Jordan River and it is approximately 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. And Jesus simply says, get into the boat and we're going to the other side. And as they set the sail, as the darkness begins, everything is calm. They're going to sail smoothly across the lake. In fact, it is so calm and so smooth in the journey that Jesus goes to the hinder part of the back part of the ship and puts his head on a cushion and being exhausted physically from his ministry, he goes to sleep. And unexpectedly, oh, they were fishermen. They lived on the lake. They knew that the Sea of Galilee is so situated between small hills with open ends that often the wind current would change that without warning the clouds would arise. Unexpectedly a storm would come crashing down. They knew it, but they hadn't seen it. And unexpectedly the storm breaks upon them. And suddenly the boat begins to rock with contrary winds. And the waves begin to crash against that boat. And the boat begins to fill with water. They're swamped. Oh, they're fishermen. They live there. They knew what to do. They knew how to row. They knew how to bail. They begin to exert all of their energy and all of their efforts to no avail. And the storm picks up in intensity and beats into the boat so that now the wind and the waves filling that boat seek to swamp it. And in terror and desperation and fear, they're only left with one thing to do. They awake him from his sleep. And they cried in their fear and their terror, Master, Master, don't you care that we perish? Oh, don't, don't, you, don't you hear the desperation in their voice? We've tried everything we know to do. This has caught us unexpectedly. It is about to cause us to lose the boat, to lose our life, to lose everything that we've known. Don't you care? The word simply means, don't you have any interest in us? Aren't you concerned about us? 
We are about to perish. We are about to lose not only the boat, but we are about to lose our life as well. Storms. The Bible simply said that Jesus arose out of the sleep and he takes his position at the front of the boat. Did you notice that they're in the storm and the storm's in them? But Jesus is in the storm, but the storm's not in him. He's asleep. Right while the wind is contrary, right while the boat is being swamped, right in the middle of the wind and the waves and the monstrous torrential rains, hasn't affected Jesus at all. And he arises and looks out across that storm. And he doesn't speak directly to the disciples. He speaks directly to the disturbed elements. He speaks to the sea. He speaks to the wind. He speaks to the wave. And his message is simple. The Bible said he rebuked the wind. He restrained it. And he said to the sea, peace be still. And when you look that up in the original language, do you know what it means? It's an idiomatic expression. He literally said, see, be muzzled. You know what I believe he said? I believe that he took his place on the brow of that ship and he looked across the sea that was raging and he simply said, that's enough. Quiet down. That's enough. Be still. That's enough. Come under the dominion and the control of your creator. That's it. Stop. And immediately there was a calm. I believe that this unexpected storm was an attack of the devil. You know why? He didn't want them going to the other side. He didn't want them reaching their destination. He didn't want them coming into their destiny. He wanted to divert their course to keep them from the other side. Why? Fast forward. When the storm's over, where do they arrive? Cemetery. Oh, wow out of the frying pan into the fire, out of the storm to face a demonic, to face somebody that's legion, that is possessed by thousands of demons that's out of control. No man can bind him. He's cutting himself. Oh, yes, because the destination was to bring the deliverer to the one that needed to be delivered to bring the one that had power over wind and waves and over nature that also now had power over sin and Satan and every storm that the devil could bring in life. The destination was to bring deliverance to the demonic and the enemy tried to divert it. Oh, I know we talk about the devil as an angel of light. We talk about him as, as the wiles and the tricks and the evil surmisings and, and he transforms himself into angels of righteousness and he seeks to deceive us in the subtleness of the... But you remember something. The devil is also a roaring lion. And he goes about seeking whom he may devour. He literally lies around waiting to pounce like an unexpected storm. 
And I am convinced that that's what's happened to many of us, you and me, throughout this last tumultuous year called 2010. Storms of sin, storms of temptation, unrelenting, unstoppable. Every time we think we get a foothold of victory, here comes another contrary wave and a monstrous rainstorm and a wind that blows us off course. And instead of reaching the destination of spiritual maturity and growth, we find ourselves swamped and overwhelmed by sin, by temptation. Oh, we know the promise. He'll never allow us to be tempted above that which we're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that we can bear up under the load. While the, the heat's coming up in the room, he always gives a door for us to walk out before the rain. The room bursts into, oh, we know that, but it doesn't stop. The moment we think we have victory here, the wave breaks here. The moment we think the storm's over in that area, here comes the tumultuous wave in another area that seeks to swamp us and we find ourselves beset by sin and Satan and temptation. Storms, didn't expect it. Storms of sickness, pain that won't stop. Regardless of doctors and medicine and everything they know to do, Storms, we wake up in pain, we go to bed in pain, we work in pain, we function in pain. Storms, suffering, sorrow, emotional upheaval. We think everything's okay and then somebody says something and the scab is ripped from the wound and oozing out is that hurt and resentment and bitterness and Pain, lack of supply, change of job, 401Ks down the tube, never enough. A man described sufficiency like this. He said if you go to the grocery store and you need $25 worth of groceries and you have $15, it's insufficiency. If you have $25, it's sufficiency. If you have $50, you have abundance. And yet it seems like so often when we go, it's the 15 when we need the 25. And he doesn't change. And all of a sudden, it seems like in spite of everything we know and everything we believe, the storm is going to capsize us. But I want to tell you something. You're an unsinkable saint because I know who's on board the boat. And you may be in the storm and the storm may be in you, but I want you to know something. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you always, even to the end of this generation. And he is on board your boat right now. And the storm is not in him. And you know what he says? That's enough. There comes a time when we wake him from the cry of our desperation and our situation and we say, Lord, aren't you interested in us? 
Don't you care about us? Aren't you concerned about this storm? And that desperate cry, because if you call upon the name of the Lord, he will answer. His eyes are above the righteous and his ears are open to your cry. And when you cry in desperation, he will arouse out of what you thought was slumber and he'll stand on the bow of that boat and he'll look at that wind and rebuke it and restrain it and he will say to the sea, that's enough. Muzzled. Peace be still. It's like the words of this song. It was such a lovely day. The sun was shining bright. A gentle breeze was blowing my way, not a storm cloud in sight. Then suddenly, without warning, storms surrounded my life. But even in the storm, I could feel a calm. And here's the reason why. I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the wind and rain. And when he says, peace be still, they have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. And his name is Jesus. And he rebuked it and said, that is enough. And the results was a revelation. You know what they said? Of a truth. You are the son of God. Because even the wind and the wave and the storm obeys you. And the result was not only that revelation, but worship. For the Bible said they begin to worship him. They had never worshipped him before. Read the Gospels up until then. They had watched him deliver others. They had watched him heal others. They had watched him save others. But now you'd save them. <laughs> oh, when you recognize he's your creator, you'll admire him. When you understand his wisdom, you'll become a learner. When, when, when you discover that, you can, that he has strength, you'll depend upon him. But when he saves you, when he calms the storm, when he delivers you, there's only one thing you'll do. You'll worship him. And I want to tell you, he's come on board your boat this morning. Right in the middle of your storm of sin and sickness and sorrow and emotional upheaval. Right in the middle of the lack of supply. And he's got a word not for you, but for the storm. That's enough. Stop wind. Calm down waves. Peace. Be still. Oh, but there's that second storm and quickly there's a big difference. This time Jesus takes his disciples and he compels them to go to the other side. The word in the Greek literally means that he didn't ask them, would you please step on board the boat and go to the other side. It would be nice if you would obey my voice and please board the boat. It is a word that says he physically took them by the arm and made them get on board the boat. Why? They're fishermen. They live there. They knew it was coming. They had already sensed the change in the currents of the wind down that effect of the bowl in the Sea of Galilee. They could already see the gathering clouds beginning to come. They knew the atmospheric conditions and they were ripe for a storm. And they didn't want to go. And he compelled them. Expected. See it coming. Know what's going to happen. And besides that, when they started, he left them. 
and went to a high mountain apart to pray. And they were alone. And the Bible said, sure enough, they had not gone very far until they were toiling in their rowing. The wind was contrary. They couldn't set the sail. It's blowing in the wrong direction, and they're, they're toiling, and they toiled and rowed one hour, two hours, three hours until they're absolutely exhausted, and they find themselves, the Bible said, in the midst of the sea. He had told them to go to Bethsaida, which was approximately 13 miles from where they were. And they had rowed six and a half miles against a contrary wind. And they couldn't row anymore. And now there's darkness. And not only is the wind contrary, but just like they expected, the waves begin to pound against the boat and the water's filling their ship. And they're alone. And in that moment of terror, the Bible said Jesus on the top of the mountain heard their cries and he saw them toiling in their rowing. Oh, friend, if you don't hear anything else I say, he knows where you are. He had sent them to the other side. They had an intended destination. He knows where they are. He sees what you're going through. He's heard your cries. Came to them walking on top of the storm. What would sink them is under his feet. And the storm is so intense, and the darkness is so great, and the rain is so thick, they don't even know who he is. They think he's a, an apparition, ghost, spirit, however you want to. But he looks at them. And this time he doesn't speak to the disturbed sea. He speaks to the disturbed disciples. And he says, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know what he said? Be of good courage. I'm going to give you your heart back. You won't be afraid anymore. Be filled with hope. Deliverance is coming. Get happy. Begin to celebrate. Do not be filled being over anxious and fearful and afraid and timid. For God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Why? Because ego a me is what it says. I am. It is I. He literally said, I'm going to give you your heart and your hope and your hilarious joy back and take fear out of your heart and bring the storm out of you because I am. And some of you are not going through unexpected storms caused by an attack of the devil to keep you from the other side. Some of you saw them coming. Because expected storms come because of your decisions. If you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. Storms. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap of the Spirit everlasting life. 
we forget that sometimes the storms come and we know they're coming because of what we decide to do. And Jonah decided to disobey. Paid his own fare, went in an opposite direction from the destiny and the will of God. And he swallowed up by a storm. David disobeyed God. The rebellion and the sin and the sword comes into his household. And then sometimes it's not your decisions. It's the decisions of others. Joseph's brothers hated him without a cause, filled with envy and jealousy. Throw him in a pit, sell him to a caravan, going down into Egyptian bondage, which is good as death for a 17-year-old boy, Hebrew boy. Storms. He didn't bring it. But the decisions of others did. And before you know it, because of what you've decided and what others have decided, your boat is rocked. The wind is contrary. You're toiling and you're rowing. And it looks like you're never going to reach your destination because that's the dilemma of these storms. Notice the dilemma is the distance from the shore. You're five to six miles from safety. You're in the middle of the sea. You're caught between the rock and the hard place. Look at the direction of the wind. It is contrary. It is fighting against you. It is resisting you. Notice the darkness of the night. He did not come to them until the fourth watch between three and six in the morning. Darkest part of the night. Look at the decreased visibility. They can't see clearly anymore. They think Jesus is a spirit. They navigate by the stars and they can't even see the stars. And most of all, they're diverted from their destiny. You know where the Lord told them to go? Bethsaida. You know where they came? Capernaum. Depending on if they really know where those cities were in Jesus' day, they were 5 to 20 miles off course. That's what storms do. The direction of the wind is contrary. It's so dark you don't see your vision anymore. You don't see the Lord clearly. But the greatest dilemma of the storm is the disappearance of Jesus. He wasn't there. I don't want to be in that fishing boat in the middle of an unexpected storm. I've been in, I've been in unexpected ones when Jesus was there, but I don't want to go into one without Jesus there. And he wasn't there. Matthew 8, and I'm going to close. Matthew 18, 24 and 25 and 24 it says, And he saw them toiling the rowing, and he heard their cries. And then in Matthew 25 it says, And he came unto them. You know our problem? You know where we're suspended? You know where we're caught in expected storms based on our own problems and decisions? We're suspended between verse 24 and 25. We're in the storm. And he hears and he sees. But he hasn't come. He hasn't come. And the boat's rocking. The waves are crashing. And it seems like our pain and our sickness and our sorrow and our lack of supply is never going to stop. Because he hasn't come. And then the Bible says, he came. And what would have destroyed them? He walks on.
And he's come today to speak not just to the storm and say, Satan, that's enough. Muzzled, restrained, stop. But he's come to speak to you. Because you know what he's saying? You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be over anxious. I'm going to give you your heart back and your hope back and your happiness back because I want you to know I am. Oh, saint, when you can't, he is. When you're not, he is. When you can't go any further, he is. That's what he's saying to them. When you think you're going to be swallowed up by sin, you know who I am? I am. That's the same thing he revealed to Moses. I am that I am. I am Yahweh, Jehovah. I am the self-existing one that reveals myself and makes myself known. I am Jehovah. That's who I am. And so when you think sin is going to swamp your boat, I'm Jehovah Sidkenu. I am your righteousness, your forgiveness, your salvation, your deliverance. When you think that that boat is going to be swamped by sorrow and emotional upheaval, I want you to know who I am. I am Jehovah Shalom. I'm your peace. When you think sickness is never going to stop, I want you to know it is I. I am Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. When you think you have no supply, I want you to know who I am. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord that will supply your need. And when you think you're alone, I want you to know who I am. I am Jehovah Shema. I hear your cry. I know where you are in the storm. And I'll come to you above that storm. And I won't just steal the elements and rebuke the devil. Because I'm Jehovah Nissi. I'm your banner and I can rebuke Satan. But I'll speak peace to your heart. And I'll say to you, get your heart back. Get your hope back. Be filled with happiness. When you can't, I am. When you can't, I will. And when that happens, you'll come to the other side. Oh, but we're blown off course. Nah. Well, Brother Bobby said five to 20 miles from where they intended to go. But the Lord knew where they needed to be. And sometimes what our destiny is is not His destiny. What our destination is not where He intended for us to be. And when they arrived after the storm, they were right on course. Because when the boat went to the shore, they knew who Jesus was. You read the next paragraph. <laughs> and they came out of every city and village and farm and little hamlet because they knew him and they asked him if we could just touch the hem of your garment we'd be healed and delivered and as many as touched him were made whole right on course I close with Paul he's on his way to Rome thinks he's going as a conqueror he's the prisoner of Christ he tells the captain on the boat don't lose nor'easter Eurocladon perfect storm's coming the captain won't listen 
14 days and nights of storm and unrelenting waves and tempestuous winds and rains torrentially blowing into the ship threw everything off board the boat after 14 days Paul stands up and says I want to tell you the angel of the Lord whose I am and whom I serve has stood by me this night the boat's going to go down God's going to save everybody because the Lord said I'm going to preach in Rome I'm going to reach my destination and I believe God it's going to be just like he said the boat goes down they're cast on this insignificant little island oh what a destination when Paul gathers wood to make a fire the heat drives a serpent poisonous from that wood fastens on Peter's, uh, Paul's arm and he looks at it and he believes Mark chapter 16 and they shall take up serpents and they touch any deadly thing it will not hurt them and he just shakes it off and the islander says he's going to die but he's whole and the whole island is saved and healed and delivered and within three months Paul's in Rome. Oh, he's a prisoner, but he's at the right place. You know how I know that? Because he writes back in one of his letters and he says, I want to tell you, the saints that are in Caesar's household, they bring you greetings. There wouldn't have been any if Paul hadn't gone through the storm and God took him to the right place. I, I want to start the new year by telling you something. I know some of your lives unexpectedly this last year have been racked with sorrow and lack of supply and suffering. I believe the Lord's coming right now. He's on board your boat and He's got a word for sailing. That's it. That's enough. Be restrained and muzzled. That's it. Be still. Storm's over. And for some of you that knew it's coming, He's got a word for you. When you can't, I am. When you're not, I am. When you can't go another step, I am. Father, I thank you right now for your presence. I thank you because you're here. Lord, you've heard our cry. You've seen us toiling in rowing you know the contrary wind you know the storm of sin and sickness and suffering and lack of supply and constant unrelenting you know I'm asking you to come right now we've been suspended sandwiched between the storm and the Savior long enough come above the storm Speak courage, comfort, cheer. Let us know once again, you are. You are my Savior. You are my healer. You are my supply. You bind up my heart. You're on board my boat. And Satan, we have a message for you. That's enough. Wind cease waves calm be still in Jesus name I want you to stand with me right now
my son and I are really different in a lot of ways. And I, I can't close like normal because some of you have been sandwiched and smashed by the storm long enough. And the Lord's got a message for your enemy. That's it. It's over. He's got a message for you. I'm right here. I am. And if you've spent this past year in the storm, he's on board right now. He's coming right now. And you'd just like to take a minute for a special prayer for your needs, sin, suffering, sickness, lack of supply, whatever it is, whatever the storm's raging. I want you to know he's here. And he is the I am. And if you'd like prayer for whatever that storm's been raging in your life, I want you to step out where you are. And I want you to come and just stand with me here. And we want to take time to pray for you this morning. You want the storm to be over. You want the sickness to be over, the pain to be over, the sadness to be over. You want him to step on board your ship, the upheaval to be over. You want him to say, peace be still in your life. I am. I want you to come right now. Quickly, we want to pray for you. People here that love you, that want to pray for you, and they're going to help me minister to you, but you want personal prayer. I want you to come right now. Obey God. You've been there long enough. You've been in the storm long enough. You've been in the confusion long enough. You've been in the hurt long enough. He's the conqueror. He's the I am. Come on in close, guys. I want you to obey the Lord. The Lord's speaking to so many of you right now. It's been raging out of control and you've fought it all this past year. It's contrary. It's blinded you. you you're, you're in the middle of it. You're from separated, diverted from the direction. Don't think you're ever going to reach the destination. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Somebody else quickly. Then I, I, I want spiritual leaders in the church to come and uh, Brother Chris and, and, and Bishop Carpenter and, and, and you that are leaders in the church I, I want you to come and help me pray Jesus needs to step on board hallelujah he's here he's here he's looking at your enemy he's got a message for the devil that's enough that's enough he's got a message for arms out toward these right now in the name of Jesus I am when you can't he is right there peace peace wind we rebuke you we restrain you Wave, you are muzzled in the name of Jesus. That's enough. Lord, you stepped on board right now. Right now. Lord, I've gone as far as I can. I can't, but you are. <laughs> when I can't, He is. And Lord, right now, you're my healer. You're my supplier. <laughs> you're my shepherd. You're my healer. You're my banner that puts the enemy to fight. You are right there. Peace be still. Lord, right now. 
didn't think you were ever going to come. Couldn't see you clearly through the darkness and the wind. But you are. <laughs> You're coming right there. Right there. You're coming right there. You're stepping on board the boat. There's going to be a calm. Satan, you're rebuked in the name of Jesus. And every need is supplied. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm your sustainer. I'm your healer. I'm your peace. Lord, I've, I've toiled in the rowing. The wind is contrary. And the enemy has raised his voice to say, death and doom and destruction and defeat. But you're speaking, saying, that's enough. Be silent. You're silencing the cry of the wind and the rave and the storm. And you're saying, I'm here. I'm enough. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> Glory to God. Right there. In the name of Jesus. Peace be still. Lord, you've heard my cry. You've seen my efforts. And right now you're coming to me. You are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present on board the boat. Right there in the name of Jesus. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Satan, that's enough. Peace. In Jesus' name. Right there. Oh, hallelujah. The enemy said you're never going to get to your destination. 20 miles off. Uh -uh. When I get there, it'll be right where you intended for me to be. And I'm going to bring the delivering power of the Son of God. Before we close, I was just handed a note that uh, Maria Palacio's mother just had a stroke. And we need to pray, pray for Juanita right now. Amen. Unexpected. But he's on the boat. And he's the master of the wind and the wave. And he just needs to stand on the brow right now and say, Satan, that's enough. Peace be still. Join me in prayer. Father, we bring Juanita to you right now. You know where she is. You know all about her. And you said that you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And Lord, we believe that you are sending your word right now. The written word of your promise, but the living word, the Son of God. Satan, that's enough. By his stripes we were and with his stripes we are healed and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord himself shall raise us up speak peace 
muzzle that sickness, restrain that illness. Be Jehovah Rapha, heal and set free. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, before we're dismissed, we begin this new year by bringing the movers list to you. Those that were earnestly, desperately crying, they're caught in the storm, some of their own making and their own decisions of sin. Save them. We call them by name. Bill and Terry and Juan and Jose and Wayne and Sue. Lord, we bring Joe and Terry and Michelle and Chris to you. Rick and Emily and Jeremy, Teresa and Debbie. Lord, arrest the storm. Restrain the power of sin and Satan in their life and bring them to the safe harbor of your salvation and your deliverance. We desperately cry. Bring them life and peace. And Lord, we pray for these, your people. Fill this new year with your presence. Help them to know that you're on board. You're coming to where they are. And fill their year with your presence and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning.
It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 